into the ground. We're back. Another week. Me and Andrew coming at you fast and loose to wrap up your year. <laughs> uh, this should be coming out uh, right right before the New Year's Eve, I think, right? Oh, man. If you start this at exactly... <laughs> Fill in the gap you, later. You, I'm like, yeah, you can hear us say Happy New Year's at midnight. Yeah. That would be fun. Oh, man. I think I will do that in post. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we figured we'd, we'd drop in. We haven't had the opportunity to do a bonus episode in a couple weeks because of uh, the holidays and whatnot. But we're here. Uh, yeah, what's up? I mean, I, I got to see you in person. It's true. It Live and in the flesh. I met your, your wonderful in-laws. I, How fun. I hung out with, uh, with their dog. Yeah. Which is the same. When you met my parents, you also immediately, immediately just went right for the dog. Well, I wanted to see the dog. Well, who doesn't want to see Bocce? I, the dog know? is my favorite part of your stupid fucking plug of an Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Bocce is a star. She's oh a, a kind She's lady. She wonderful. is, a, you know, beauty and grace, for sure. One of my, uh, one of my favorite, like, adolescent dogs... I was an adolescent, I suppose. Um, one of my friends had a border collie, and when I when I look at her, I think, man, they look very similar. It gives me a, a really good feeling. Yeah, it's like they're the same breed, you know. Yeah, almost. It's they almost look alike. <laughs> but yeah, I love. Uh, you know, we met up for coffee. You handed me a coffee when I walked in the door to meet with you to get coffee, which is my kind oh, of greeting. What a very nice person. It was a wild coffee. Thank you yeah. so much to uh, former guest of the pod, Matt Ferraro, uh, at Black and White for hooking it up. Holy shit. It was the closest I've ever felt to having like a corporate sponsorship. <laughs> I mean, when he starts uh, sending those coffees my way, I mean, then we could start plugging them. But, you know. Hey, we can make it happen. Maybe. Love make I don't know. Happen. I don't want to speak for him. <laughs> you know, but, speaking uh, of which, how's your, how's your cometeer coffee? You know, it's... It gets the job done. They um, um, they recently laid off a third of their workforce, like the week before Christmas. <laughs> oh Jesus! Pieces of shit. Oh, but is the God. coffee good? That's the coffee. What I the know. coffee is solid, uh, from what I've experienced. Uh, I've had it. I think it it does work a little better hot than it has iced. Um, but yeah, it's pretty simple to do. When I mean, you when you go to your parents' house, what's mm-hmm. the coffee situation? Oh, I control the coffee situation there. Right, uh, but like, I actually, what is the coffee situation? Mod cup. No, but like, what do you? How are you brewing it? Oh, oh, uh, they have a Mister Coffee drip, mm, like a decent nice. Mister Coffee though. So you're I, bringing it ground. I'm I'm getting it ground before I bring it to them. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, but it is ground fresh. And they, you know, they go through a bag within a week or so. So it's still, right. still pretty fresh. But I, I turned my parents into snobs, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, when I moved to Jersey City and I got really into Mod Cup up here, I brought like, I think it was Thanksgiving of the year I moved here. And I like, I had a bag of coffee left over that was like, you know, had like three pots or something left in it. Mm. And I made them coffee. And they like, that's actually, that's a significant amount of coffee. Yeah. yeah, it's like a third of a bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, but it was like what I had on hand. I was like, oh, let me bring this home and we'll share it. You know, right. you know. Uh, Christmas morning, I make everyone breakfast and I make coffee and whatever. So, and it like it floored everybody because mm. my parents are like chock full of nuts drinkers. You know, they're 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 drinking the Folgers. My dad is like almost prefers instant coffee. You know, he's a so they're not used to good coffee. 
And uh, now, like, every time I go home, I have to bring them, like, one or two bags. Huh. Which is great, because I get to drink it, too. Because occasionally my mom will make, like, Folgers, and it's it's shocking how different it is, how bad it is. Yeah. Um, I, um... My in-laws have a uh, a Technoform Mocha Master, which I know it's so nice. It's great. Um, that's not the problem. The problem is that like I never feel like packing a grinder, mm. and it's not. It's just not worth getting pre-ground coffee. I mean, I guess like for me, I don't know. I I feel like it doesn't travel very well. Um, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's I got, just it's. I got my parents a coffee vault. A couple like last Christmas or a couple uh-huh. Christmases ago, uh, like I I have it set up for them as best as it could be, given the circumstances. Yeah. Uh, did you bring that? Because there was a grinder at. Yeah, that was um that was my brother in law's grinder. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean so maybe that has, maybe maybe next Christmas get him a grinder. You know. You know, it's just it's such like I I brought a scale there and I left it so that I wouldn't have to worry about that. Um. But there's also like two really great shops within a 15 minute drive. Yeah, but you need that coffee to get you to those shops sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm good. I think I think within an hour. I think it's that first hour is crucial. Okay. Interesting. Um but I like I don't want to like get up and get out of the house within an hour either sometimes. Oh yeah, I'm fine with it. I need very little time to like to you know, exit I think it's years of like being a barista and yeah. having to be at work at six or six thirty in the morning, yeah, and like brutal. every every second is is essential that so, like I can get up and at them pretty quick. But yeah, it was it was nice to to pop over to meet everybody to see Liz. Uh, I think it was the first time I met your daughter. Yeah, probably. I think right. Little little angel, little dream. But she was she was super cute. I took some pictures of you guys. Hopefully they came out good. Oh we'll my see. god, I hope so. She's very cranky today. Oh really? Uh, it's been it's been not great. But Ugh. you know what? Uh, tomorrow's an opportunity to turn it all around. Well, Dan, what was great was we met up and we went to uh, your former employers, mm-hmm. and uh, we actually we, we bumped into some fans of the podcast. Oh. Yeah, did we? <laughs> we did. Who? I, the person who said that they listened to the podcast, and I shook their oh. hand and said, it's always nice to meet a fan. <laughs> oh my god, you're so fucking weird. <laughs> who said that? I don't know, one of the people, the one who worked I... at Princeton Record Exchange. Oh, Tom. Very nice guy. What's up, Tom? Very knowledgeable about um, a scene of music that's a real blind spot for me, oh. which is like the New Jersey metal scene. Oh, I might be able to talk to him about that. Um, I, you know, it's one of those things where like, I think, I think people, I I just, I, it's never been a thing that I look for and, and I want to, you know, I've never, I don't know. Are we I guess like, I don't listen. Are we talking like God's green earth? Are we talking about dog? I have no idea, <laughs> but I listen to so little metal or at least that kind of metal that like, I don't need a lot of it. If that makes sense. I find something I like and, you know, like Power Trip is a little bit more hardcore than that metal. They're like thrash. Right. But I'm not good at those distinctions. Can we talk about how you opened my eyes to uh, Storm Storm Chaser? Wait, Death Heaven? Yeah. Yes. 
Are you talking about <laughs> Evan Weiss's record label? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I introduced I, you to Storm Chasers. I, I was like, I knew it was two words put smashed together. It was like Sunbather. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the, the, the album by, by uh, Def Evan. Yeah. Sunstroke, um, <laughs> Def Heaven. Yeah, I made you listen to him in the just car. Just that one record. I went back and I, I really tried to get into the other ones. I mean, that, and it's just Sunbather. It's the Sunbather only one for is, me. Sunbather is the record uh, for me as well. Uh, I do appreciate some of their other stuff, but Sunbather is is the one. But yeah, yeah very funny. Great that, record. It's a great record. Um, it's like a different spectrum of a style of music that I love. Okay. Um, Maybe you know, we can circle put, back to it at some point. I would, I would love to. Um, yeah, I would put like Appleseed Cast, um, Pelican. Pelican makes sense, yeah. You know, um, even like sort of, I, I don't know. But yeah. But it's like, it's something I want, and I'm glad that I have like another version of it to listen to. True. Nice. Glad that I could open weird. your eyes. Um, but yeah, we, uh, how was your holiday though, all in all? Um,. Fair to moderately bad. <laughs> okay. I hate it. I fucking hate it, Dan. I really, I tried to like Christmas. You're a bit of a Scrooge. The, the past couple years, I, I honestly gave it a good, the good college try, and I just, I fucking hate it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a deviation from what I love about my daily life. I don't, fu- I don't need it. Um, I think my daily life is good enough. I think I keep in touch with my family as much as I, as much as I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, ju- I don't need a long, like we were there for, for six fucking days. I, I don't need it. When I you told less. me about your, your holiday itinerary, that, that was a lot. Uh, well, like, especially you, know, yeah, you, you yeah, split it's, it's, between it's two families. Like, is, it's it's a not lot. like all the other minor holidays. Like this is the one, this is the one you have to show up for. So, mm-hmm. Um, you gotta make it count. Like nobody, nobody fucking cares about Easter. I'm, I think people are getting less and less concerned about seeing their family on Thanksgiving now. Like, I think people are starting to bypass family on Thanksgiving. Like who fucking, you know what I mean? Pilgrims? Fuck them. Thanksgiving food, notoriously not that great either. It's fine. I think, you know, Turkey is the worst of the poultries, I think. Turkey's fine. I think there are better preparations than a home cook can do true but what i'm talking about christmas is it's i had to go i had to go to my mom's went to my mom's which is nice i like being back in like my childhood neighborhood yeah um go go see the formative wawas go see my child i went to my childhood wawa (laughs) i was there for i was there i got there what wednesday night and left sunday mid-morning and i think i went to my my wawa five times God damn. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh number of uh pork roll, egg and cheese, um, on a bagel sizzlies I've eaten this Ooh, week. Yeah, that is good. The limit does not exist. <laughs> I I I would I would not be surprised if I had ten. That's amazing. I fucking love them. Um Yeah, it was just too much. We had to go and then and then move venues. Um I don't know. Just and everything, everything's tougher with a kid, you know. Everything's like just, tougher with a kid. It's all about keeping My, her happy. There's like there's good and bad to both situations. Like, 
at my mom's, there's nowhere for like the three of us to share one room. So we have to like, or, you know, my mom has a room, but there's like one other room. And then, so it's hard to like find a place for the kid and, and you know, all that. So we end up sort of like just scattering around the house, which is, you know, which is okay. I, I'm, I prefer to solo sleep, I suppose. (laughs) Um, but like, there's like a lack of privacy there because it's everybody and like, you know, um, and then we go to my in-laws house, which is great. Cause everybody has a bedroom, mm-hmm. you know, like my kid has, has a bedroom with like a big crib and that's nice. Um, and then, you know, there's two other bedrooms, three total bedrooms. And, uh, but my, my wife's old room, which is the room we sleep in has a goddamn fucking double bed. What's the, what's like the size before queen. I think, yeah, like a full size double. It's yeah. fucking terrible. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Not I'm preferred. like, I'm like six foot something. You're, you know you're I mean? a tall she's, man. She's five ten, five eleven. Like we're 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 not people who can share that space. My fucking feet dangling over the edge. Yeah, can't do it. I'm a, so I end up sleeping on the couch in the other room, which oh, is that's terrible. So much worse. The, the first <laughs> person a, who wakes up in the morning, like I hear him. Yeah. You know, and a lot of this I know is me just being particular, but. You know, you have to have standards in life. I hey, listen, I, I, have, feel a, you. I have a minimal standard of comfort, and like, I'm willing to bend. You know, privacy, I suppose. Uh, for comfort, yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd rather have you'd sleep on a bed in in the middle of a, a public s- space, like a a I'm high cool traffic zone, as long as you had your feet not dangling off the end. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's give fair. me a king size. What we sleep on? I immediately <laughs> we both came home. You know, after we, you know put the kid to bed and we like got into bed for a second before like our evening activities to speak on, like reflect on the week. I, uh, you know, I think to do yeah and, the, um, the podcast you do with your wife that you don't put online <laughs> called a conversation. <laughs> All conversations are podcasts. Well, I don't know that. I mean, that might be interesting to a weird, a weird segment of people that I don't think I want to <laughs> appease. Um, yeah, but it was just like I immediately felt re-energized by being in like our king size bed and just yeah. like I feel you know what I mean. This is nice. This is familiar, and I like this. I don't know if I'm coming off like an old ass man or like an enlightened soul. I guess I mean, they can be one in the you same. You can be both. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's I like my bed here. The bed at my parents' house is like a twin. <sighs> So it's super Ugh. small. I mean, it's just yeah. me over there, but right. it's like, you know, so, you it's such a firm mattress. You don't have that kind of pull in the suburbs. Yeah. It feels like I'm sleeping on like a yoga mat on like a piece of plywood. That's how firm uh-huh. the mattress is. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> not my preference. I mean, I, I like a somewhere in between, but I have a memory foam, so I'm a little spoiled, mm. but I don't know. Uh, yeah, my holiday was pretty good though. I enjoy it. Uh, I don't have, like, the responsibilities that you do in terms of, like, lugging around, like, a whole, you know, sideshow across multiple locations. and Getting bigger all the time. (laughs) So, but yeah, I mean, we, I spend Christmas Eve with my friends. We had, like, dinner at my parents' house, and then I went to my friends. It's been, like, this long-running, like, tradition that we all spend Christmas Eve together, Mm. which was a blast. We were out till, you know, we were drinking at my friend's bar till, like, 1.30 in the morning. Uh... Just nice to see everybody. Just did a lot of drinks. Uh, you know, your a lot friend. Of... Wait, you have a friend with a suburban bar? Yeah, that's great. What What is this bar? I mean, it's it's he has a bar in his like 
den technically the, oh the lower room. okay all right i thought we were talking owned like, a bar yeah oh no we almost never go to bars because we can just drink at my friend's house it's the yeah, best you don't need it yeah it's so good so we did that and that was uh beautiful a lot of food a lot of drinks uh just a fucking nice time christmas day another long-running tradition i make everybody breakfast so like Fam By comes everybody, over. you mean you and your parents? My family, my uncle comes over. Uh, okay. Uh, sometimes my grandma comes over. That's a lot of people. It's not that many people, but... Feels like a lot. My sister comes over. You know, <sighs> uh, her husband, my brother-in-law, was like sick all weekend, so he didn't get oh, to no. join us, but... You like, know. by choice, though? Does he just not like Christmas? I'm no, thinking about, like... He's legitimately, like, ill. I, I'm wondering if I can just start faking sick every year. I mean, I think you could probably do it. It's not unbelievable that I would, like, get the flu. How do I appear to get the flu? Just, like, hoard a positive COVID test. Oh, you're right. Yeah. No, it'll be... By next year, no one will I actually saved my positive COVID test. I still have it. I should. Uh, no one's gonna just care. In, in a year, a year from now, no one's. I mean, gonna it care. might be back again. Shut up. New variant just dropped. No one's gonna care. Omicron signature Omni preferred is coming. People don't care now. <laughs> I know. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I made everyone breakfast. That was super nice. We went to my aunt's house. Got to see like all my cousins. Again, like, insane amounts of food. And then uh, I hung out with you the day after Christmas. And oh my uh, God, Dan. reconnected with an old pal as well, which was very nice. I just, I've been staring at my like garage band waveform. In a, in a good way or a bad way? And like listening to you talk, but like we're on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. Man. I had to unwind a little bit before the episode. This is really great though. Yeah, I really, um, truly fast and loose over here. I want to, I want to talk to you. I went to the, the movies, um, an activity that I love almost, almost above all others. Okay. Um, and Would you see uh, avatar two. No, we saw Babylon. Oh, I don't even know what that's about. It's like it's a it's a it's a movie about the movies, um, about like I guess silent movies transitioning to to the talkies. Okay, and uh, and how it affected people. I guess that's what I got from it. Like Brad Pitt's in it. Okay. Um, it's fine. It's just, it was three fucking hours. And when you're about to buy a ticket for a, for a movie, someone, there should be an alert that pops up on the screen that says like, you do realize this is three, three goddamn hours. Ugh. I feel like movies are too long. Too long. We need to bring back like 35 minute albums. 35 90 minute, minute albums. 90 minute movies i like how you think yeah like we need albums to be one lp's length long you know yeah, like when there was a like, limit i don't know give me like every decade give me a schindler's list i not, <laughs> just one one movie's not, allowed to surpass three hours <laughs> yeah like not for the content I'm just talking just the about length, running yeah. time and it better give be me, worth uh, it sorry seven years in tibet yeah give yeah. me one, a double vhs one uh, once every fucking one apocalypse decade. now redux you know wait that was a double apocalypse now redux was it's like three and a half hours yeah get the fuck out of here 
Yeah. I it's mean, a, it's I, a classic movie, though. One of the best. Um, I watched, I, the longest thing I've ever fucking watched was like some Led Zeppelin thing that was like 12 hours of footage. Well, every decade and needs, I don't even care needs about one towards the band Earth Tour. Uh, 10 hours. It's a lot. Can you, I, that's a lot of content. Yeah, but you love like Ken Burns shit. All this stuff how is like do you, wait, absurdly how do you, long. How do you render that into one? Like, I think it was cohesive. like on 10 DVDs or something. That's insane. Yeah, it's wild. I do uh, like Ken Burns stuff though. I know. Not all of it. That's super long. Not all of it. The baseball one was good. I like the National Park one. Um, I I don't. I don't care about the war ones. Yeah. I don't so, care about the Civil War. I uh, I experienced a, a great heartbreak recently. Oh, no. One of the worst. Are you okay? I, I'm still... Is this news to me? I don't think it's hit me yet. I think I'm, think I'm still processing it. Oh, this is the fucking pizza thing? <laughs> Are you dragging that out? Yeah. Okay, uh, let's hear So it. My, my favorite... My favorite pizza place in in New York, uh, actually one of my favorite places in general, uh, has closed permanently. Oh, no, Scars is gone. No, no, not oh, Scars. No. Uh, Salugis on Church Street in Tribeca. Hmm. It it's like a p. I was a regular at a pizza place in a different state. That's how often I would be there. I befriended the the one worker. Like the only worker for a long time. Uh, it was like a place you could always walk in without like a reservation, and there wasn't much of a so, line. So I want to make sure you're saying like when you were there, you were family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Wow. Um, you know, pizza was. Uh, you can get pizza by the slice, but with any topping you want. I don't know how they Man, did it. It was what a dream. Witchcraft. Uh, beer was cheap. You can get a pitcher of beer for like sixteen bucks. Um, and it was just like, it was always warm. The bathroom was clean. It would be a place. Yeah. I would, it, it was right near where fashion week, the hub of fashion week was near York spring studios. So like I'd bring the whole crew over there. It's like the place I brought my parents when they visited. Mm. Like it's, did I ever take you there? I, I took you to the, so. my ramen spot, but yeah, Your uh, spot. but yeah, the pizza, the pizza place, it was, I think that was the furthest North in Manhattan, I'd ever been. Seventy <laughs> Second Street. Yeah, I don't think I'd been further north in Manhattan at that point. Have you been to the Met mm-hmm. or the Guggenheim? I've been to the Met. Yeah. Okay, that's like Eighty Eighth Street. No. Yeah. The 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 Metropolitan Museum of Art. Yes, it's like on like Street? or like Eighty Second Street. It's way oh, up there. Oh, you know what? No, by that point, I hadn't been there yet. Oh, so at that time you had only at okay. that time that was the furthest north I'd ever That's been. That's weird. Um, but yeah, I did go up and see the Royal Tenenbaums house. I think that's, oh, that's probably the furthest. Yeah, I don't think I've been up that far. <laughs> that's wild. Uh, at least not like counting being in like a car on the West Side Highway or something. But hmm. uh, but yeah, shout out to Salugis. I think the one in uh, the Lower East Side may still exist. I've never been there, and like the brother sister who ran it. I don't think is no longer involved. Hmm. So, so 
Are you going to go to the other one now? I guess you sort of have to, right? See, I don't know. Like I said, part of the reason it was so good was because I was friend with James, who ran the place. Yeah. And his sister ran the other location, but the owner passed away like eight months ago. Tragically? I don't I think he had a heart attack on the BQE, actually. Yeah, so <laughs> probably pretty tragically. Tragic. But uh, the restaurants were kind of left to them. And I think the family who actually, like, owned the restaurant, technically, uh, like, had been, like, real pieces of shit. You know how, like, when the kids take over with, like, an asset of, like, you oh, know, yeah. a apartment or something? The same thing happened to my friend's photo studio. Like, the owner died and the kids were just trying to make a quick buck, you know? But apparently, in order for them to take over the Church Street location, he would have had to have taken on, like, $250,000 in debt. And he was not willing to do that. So, makes sense. But, a tragedy for me. But yeah, shout out one of the best pizza places and spots in New York that like no one knew about. That I tried to tell everyone about. Yeah. How, do you, feel about, how do you feel about Best Pizza? Best Pizza? Best Pizza's mm-hmm. pretty good. Uh, right. they're, that's like just in Brooklyn though, right? I don't, do they have yeah. a Manhattan location? No. I'm trying to think of a single... I don't think I've ever had a good, like, what's the best Manhattan slice I've ever had? I mean, there's Lombardi's. There's a, there's that... a spot over on, what's that, 8th Avenue, um, where the New York Times building is? In Midtown? Yeah. Are you talking about the, uh, the Port Authority bus terminal? No, 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 not that far. <laughs> that's but that's exactly a, where the New York Times building is. It's uh, like right a, across the street. There's a, a really good slice shop up there. I wish I could remember. Are you thinking of was. Two Brothers Pizza? Two Brothers? I mean, that's a it's like the chain of dollar slice spots. No, 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 no. Although I fuck heavily with those. It's not bad. It's not bad stuff. I um, whenever I would go to try to go to Russ and Daughters. Mm-hmm. I would have to wait in a ridiculous line, and I would almost always have a slice at, like, 10 in the morning. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta. But, yeah, I mean, like, there's Lombardi's Pizza that claims they're the oldest pizza place in the country. Yeah. Uh, Joe's Pizza. Overrated, Joe's I great. think. It's great, yeah, but Joe, I think I mean, it's, it's not the best. Uh, no. I mean, Scars is up there for sure. The thing is, I feel like Saluji's made, like, a Scars equivalent slice for, like, a lot cheaper and a lot better. And like I said, finding a place in New York right now that doesn't, that like you don't need a reservation to go to and doesn't have like an hour wait mm-hmm. is like a very small portion, like small option. Like I have a few places, like the ramen spot, that's just like consistently good. It's never like jammed pack that you're waiting outside in the cold mm-hmm. and it just delivers every time, you know? And I feel like those places are like few and far between. And I'm always so scared every day that they're going to close, like they all do. So, I mean, everything everything closes, you know. If you something, a word of advice for our our listening audience: uh, if you have a hidden spot that uh, you know you you want to keep to yourself, you know, maybe let that secret out a little bit because uh, these places, when not many people know about them, that's kind of how they close. So. 
Interesting. I've you never know. heard you get so emotional. It like honestly, I'm not I'm not being facetious at all. I'm not being like hyperbolic or anything. I'm truly heartbroken because it literally was my favorite place in New York City. Can I to, tell to, you like, my eat. can I tell you my favorite place? What's that? Uh Village Pizza. Village Pizza. Yeah, on like eighth and fourteenth. Okay. All right. That's that's my favorite pizza in the city. Maybe maybe that'll be my new go to spot. It's great. Um, it's everything I want in a spot. Like, you know, it's a very shallow. You walk in. I think there might be two seats in there. Um, just grab slices and get the fuck out. Um, I don't even. I mean, I'm sure they sell whole pies, but like, it's great pizza. The the dudes are like pretty surly. You could also get a sandwich. I think they have like three sandwiches on the menu. Okay. I don't know that I've ever had one, but. Like big slices, generous. I think they're like three fifty. Yeah, really good. I I used to eat at that place. Yeah, I a mean, couple times a week. The gem of Saluji's was that you could get two slices and a soda for seven dollars. Yeah, that's and then, great. And then if you got a fountain or can fountain, fuck. And uh, I guess you couldn't deal do that deal with can, but I mean. I think they had cans sometimes. Yeah, if you got like a root beer, they had a can or like a ginger ale. I think they only had like Coke and Diet Coke on tap. But I want to tell you right now, it's like ninety-seven percent that as soon as we're done, I'm gonna go get a slice. You should. Uh, but There's like, a shop. what was so crazy and it like broke people's brains was you could get any like toppings by the slice. They had a list of like twenty different toppings you can get, and you could be like, hey. I want a slice with banana peppers, and I want this one with some gabagool on it. You know what I mean? Mm, and they would just make it happen. And no one knows mm-hmm. how. It was great. And, and if you got two slices with toppings and like a PBR, it was mm-hmm. $10 hmm. for two slices with toppings and a tall boy. Ooh. It's great. It's unbeatable. It was the best. Best place. Um, all right. Let's pivot here. Um, I want to know what direction we're going to go here. Are we going to talk about... We gonna talk about a record, or are we gonna talk about the show? What do you mean the show? Like do a year wrap up? Oh yeah, I thought that was what we were doing. We're doing the. Okay, we're the not fe- talking about. We're not talking about the record. No, we've you've you've run this by me like four times, and I said, oh, no. and you're the one who specifically asked if we could do a year end wrap up of our right. of our top albums. Yeah, I know, but I wanted to like slide just that one in. Okay, well, it's good. We're gonna do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Let's roll. We uh, so uh, we put it out in the description of the last episode, but it will be in the description of this. We included our run into the ground mixtape volume twelve, which is our end of year top. I guess top songs that also correlates with our top records. Um. Yeah, I was going albums on that. Yeah, I mean, I chose like my favorite song off of my favorite albums. I guess is the way I sorted it out. But uh, yeah, we—that's in the list. Top ten is mine, and the bottom ten is Andrew's. If it doesn't differentiate. Uh, But I was thinking we can go one for one. So like, you talk about your favorite record, you know, off the list, and then I can tell one, and then we'll go back and forth. Yeah, which is sort of unfair because my favorite record of the year. Uh, 
is Wild Pink, I Love You So Much. And I mean, we could that, start by talking about that, that song. Look, you know, I was I was listening to it. I also, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, I also have um, demos to the for demos, that album yeah. that, uh, that Friend of the Pod Joe Morrow or someone <laughs> associated with the project <laughs> sent me. Oh, boy. I don't think, I, John, John doesn't, I'm sure he doesn't care. Anyway, um... I was listening to that today and just thinking how much of like a, uh, just like a, an emotional connection I have to that record, like with this year, you know what I mean? The, yeah. This was such a, uh, a huge year in my life and it was great to have an album that I could listen to. That's like the soundtrack, like multiple times daily. Yeah. You know? Well, I feel like that was kind of when the last record of his came out. Like it was yeah. the soundtrack of my year too. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Uh, you know, I He's feel like that. one of the, one of the realizations I came to, you know, within the past couple of days listening to this record is that I, I one of one of the things that I love the most about it is that it, it sort of feels like a fever dream, um, and it was like a really good contrast to like how difficult my everyday reality was. It was nice to listen to like, you know, I don't know, choose any song. I I always go back to like the uh the grief retreat song because mm-hmm. it sounds like donnie darko voice <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's such a rad song and it's such like you know uh, like all the lyrics on the record are incredible um but the imagery just feels like i don't know like i i, I find it almost impossible to listen to that album passively yeah so I mean I I was the one who put it on my side of of you the, were and but you didn't I, even I, you didn't even put my favorite song well, and I was so excited because now I love that song the song that I put on yeah oh well, that's a turn of events I I mean well so I I chose my 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 favorite song off that record was sucking on the birdshot uh which is like heavy and gloomy and i love that he says fuck the world in it yeah (laughs) uh and then it kind of like changes up halfway through and gets kind of lighter and twinklier and uh and you said that wasn't your song so like what would what was your favorite song of the record uh saint peter camry i mean really good different side of the spectrum of the album than sucking on the bird shot but saint peter camry is like the song uh (sighs) Uh, like if I was if I was to be like I think this is you know how I want a song to make me feel mm-hmm. bottle it and sell it it's that yeah so I mean I think it's easy to say that that was our top album of the year I mean we're not doing these in any particular order right. but uh, I would definitely but say I'm just that champing to talk about it I mean um, yeah go on it's keep talking about it if the, you need to well, I, if you feel the need. The uh, transition of uh, See You Better Now into Sucking on the Birdshot mm-hmm. is... Like a ton of bricks. Yeah. So good. I think the reason... I think I always thought that was one song. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. put in headphones and... Especially since since Sucking on the Birdshot changes up halfway through. It feels right. like that's where the song transition is, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this record... I mean, even the opening track, like Cahooting the Multiverse, is so, so good. good. The song with Julian Baker, uh, was that track two? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so good. I don't necessarily love the title track. 
Love it. Do you? Oh my god, I love it. Um, I, it I took feel like me, I listened I think to it. It took me a while. I feel like I listened um, to it too much when they released it as a single, mm. and then now it's one of those deals like it was a little too oversaturated. Maybe now, cause maybe I'll go back and like like it a little more. But I felt like it was a little rudimentary. It sounds like a cult recruitment video. Interesting. Like an eighties cult, like. I don't know. Maybe if I go back and and, and re-listen with, <laughs> with that perspective, it. I'll I'll grow to appreciate it a little more. Maybe we're never going to get John if we keep talking about this record. Though. Oh man. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I I could go on and on about it, um, but yeah, hundred percent, exactly like exactly the follow up that I wanted to uh, to. Uh, to a billion lights and mm-hmm. you know i don't i don't know i just can't i can't imagine it better like i know i know he's already doing demos for the next record and like i don't know how he can write that fast you know i i was also i i was listening to uh to q de gras too i love that um, song great song um and florida and and those sort of one-off songs mm-hmm. um I don't think either of those came out this year. Did they come out this year? No, last year. No, Q de Gras came out super recent. Did it this yeah, year? yeah. It's on one yeah. of our other mixtapes. Yeah, for sure. What a fucking! I just, I can't. I just I just, how can you even conceptualize a song like that with that many moving parts? Yeah, I mean, the way I described it is just it's such a great experience of the record. Like truly, like putting it on front to back. It just becomes like a soundtrack of whatever you're doing. Yeah. It even kind of like what Hans has said on the podcast about how it just kind of becomes like it makes whatever you're doing feel more important. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and there's not many albums that do have that effect. And I think that's like not something to look over, you know? Yeah. Uh, friend of the pod, former guest Mitchell, uh, took mm. the cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took the cover of a few of the albums we're talking about I this week. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he took the cover of that. I didn't know he did this cover. Yep. It's a, such a beautiful image. It's really good. Really, really good. And, uh, yeah, I would say the lyrics on this record are super fucking good. Super introspective without being kind of corny, you know? Another, like, fine line to, to ride. But uh, do you want to do you want to take the next record? No, because I feel like I took yours over. No, so you're fine. Well, next. now I have one less, so that's technically one less on my list. So to balance it out, you go. You go next. Um, let me look at the list. Holy shit! Now I'm just I'm staring at the other list. I know. Uh, you gotta fill this. Oh, here we go. Okay, so dog, let's talk about Tay. I, mean, I love I love that record. I I haven't cared about anything since 1989. Shocking like, you put Taylor Swift on the on the. Pl- I love I <laughs> I love this fucking record. I annoyed everyone with it. I played it constantly. It dissipated pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I would say I probably went a little heavy at first, but um, yeah, I just it's so good. I haven't listened to the record. I haven't listened to any of the taylor swift stuff since i think i maybe listened to reputation like once through Hmm. i kind of fell off i got back in when she re-released uh red because that was my taylor swift record 
Uh, but I have not. I've listened to the song that you put on the playlist because I've listened to our like this mixtape a few times. Right. But uh, and it's good. I, it's interesting. Her and Lana Del Rey finally joined forces. Yeah, and I, and it, I tried to I tried to listen to Lana Del Rey. And somebody, if anybody out there cares about Lana Del Rey, you gotta show me the way, the truth, and the light because I don't understand. I, like I, I want to know where to start for Lana Del um, Rey. I'm a first album, and that's kind of where I I come what's in. The first it's album, that, uh, Born to Die, I think, right? Okay, because I sort of i I think I sort of like Norman fucking Rockwell. See, I tried to get into it, and it didn't click. It's oh, all this man. again. Talk about records being too long. That's a long. Maybe I'm record. just maybe I'm a maybe I'm a later a later era fan. Yeah, I liked say. when she was singing about real fucking nonsense on that yeah. first record uh but i think that's you where know, i come in and that's where i go out um and i can and i think i think a lot of the stuff that taylor swift sings about it's weird to try to think about pop music like it's interesting critically that, that taylor sense, taylor swears now yeah i mean whatever it feels, it feels um, wrong that's no, fine <laughs> um but i I, it's hard. It's hard to think of like the genius of people who write pop music sometimes, just because I'm just I. I feel like my I just like through my lens, I prefer something else to pop music. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but there's like a uh, a way that this record feels like adult contemporary, but still feels like you know top forty pop. I guess. Interesting. Um, like is Tay getting old? I don't know. I mean, she definitely is. <laughs> She's my <True>. age, I guess. <gasps> what are you forty? What? Thirty-five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think she's like thirty-four, maybe or thirty-six. Like I forget. If she's like a year older, or a year younger than me. But yeah. Yo, is she? That's amazing. Good Tay. <laughs> <laughs> she's not 35 we i have to i have to look at this i'm this gonna, gonna look it up this is gonna color this conversation so much differently uh she's 33 years old 33 that's yep. still like uh, she's an, uh, an adult <laughs> right uh, i don't know i mean you know the 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 song that got memed, I think, is good. What song was that? Um, hmm? What song was that? It's like the It's Me, Hi, I'm the Problem. Uh, I don't What's, know. I think that's antisocial. I don't know. I also like the fact there's two versions of this record. They came out like three hours apart. Is there? Yeah. I'm very there's out of midnights, the loop. There's midnights, and then there's midnights, 3 a.m. Interesting. Um, and I don't is, think, I mean, not midnight. holding holding back a couple songs is whatever um but uh you know i think that's cool i think it's cool that like people who are into pop music care about that kind of thing um and i not to not to degrade pop music but i think that you know it just it's it doesn't have as interesting as like a career narrative i suppose interesting is it i don't know (laughs) Sure. I don't know if it's interesting at all. Yeah, all right, what what do you got for me? Uh, a bit out of left field, but I really loved the Orange Crystal EP, uh, which I feel like not a lot of people were talking about. It's a little niche, uh, but it is a new project from rapper GDP, uh, also known as George Douglas Peterson, also known as Matt Miller. 
Um, it's hard to explain. It's kind of like electro grind from the MySpace era, hmm. but super aggressive and super kind of, I guess, like a really loose, unfair comp- comparison would be like, uh, like, oh my God, who is it? Death Grips, I guess, but like not in a corny way. Hmm. Uh, also similar to like what Nah was doing, who's the the project of the drummer from 1994. Uh, but it's like aggressive. Uh, the album's called Rich with Pain, which I think is really good, and the title track is is really fucking sick. And he, um, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, emotional instability, financial instability, uh, physical instability. Rich with pain is such a good hook. Uh, but yeah, definitely worth checking out. I think it, it kind of flew under the radar of a lot of people. Uh, I really want to have GDP on. Uh, he's someone I like talk to occasionally. But uh, it's like weird shit that's like right up my specific lane. <laughs> yeah. So I really dig it. Uh, it's it's a good little fun, like, you know, the whole record itself is like 12 minutes long or something. So it's worth mm. it's worth checking out. Uh, but the title track especially is is fucking fucking rad. I don't know if you did you listen to my half of the the mix? I did. What'd you think of it? Uh it's not something I reach for. Okay. Um fair. but I I liked it. I finished it. Yeah. Uh GDP is someone who's really funny where he drummed f- when he was like 16 or 17 years old for a grindcore band similar to like an albatross mm-hmm. back in the day, like electro grind stuff uh, called the post office gals Ooh. who was like a record that I bought at the Princeton record exchange and like still have. And he like randomly drummed on it. Cause he needed a drummer. And I found out he was in the post office gals. It blew my mind. And he hmm. was like, you're the only, literally the only person on the planet. Uh, super funny. And the, the singer of that band, his mom used to come into the Acme. I worked at. Huh. And he's like, oh, my son just came back from tour in Europe. And I'm like, oh, what's his band? He's like, oh, the post office gals. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> super, super weird to have a double post office gals connection. But go find Let's the post office the gals pod. record. It. Yeah. She was, yeah, she was cool. Uh, all right. You can go next. I, I wasn't prepared. So here <laughs> we're, we go. We're, we're going back and forth here. This <laughs> I know. I shocking. realize. Um, the newest Death Cab record, uh, Asphalt Meadows. Oh, I haven't listened to it at all. It's it's um the song that you I put on here a, is pretty solid. I think it's a more compelling record than Kitsugi. Um, <laughs> well, than I than I've heard in like the post Walla. Oh, okay. Death Cab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know when you when you when you really sit there. And listen to, like, the Death Cab discography. It's impossible not to, like, realize that, like, Walla was such an important part of that band. Yeah. And, like, you know, and, like, Nick and Jason are, are amazing. You know what I mean? And, and I and Ben Gibbard, uh, you know, obviously is a, an amazingly talented songwriter. But there was, like, an intangible thing. All right, you fuck it. A very tangible thing that I think that... <laughs> Chris Walla put on those records and like you can sort of hear it on his solo records, but um, 
I think this was the first record since um, Narrow Stairs that I was like, you know. Back in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, back in heavily. Yeah. Also, like, the album cover shreds, too. I haven't seen it. Um, or at least not in a, a knowing way. Let it's me, all let me over it. the... Uh, um. It's like all over, you know, the when you listen to it on Spotify. Yeah. Like, no, that is cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I mean, it's a great record. Um, but there's no Chris Walla. So. R.I.P. Chris Walla. Yo. Get out of here. He's alive. <laughs> oh, boy. I want to know why he left. We should ask. We should get him on the pod. Tell him to air him? it all out. I don't think he would do that. You know? We've been shocked at the other people we've gotten on this podcast. You know I'm, not, I'm not ruling I, everything you, out. Do you know what I think I don't like about the later era Death Cab that like I like a little bit more here? What? Is that there's, I feel like they're so, like the drum tones have gotten more electronic or at least more, I don't know. Like pro- they just don't sound like as an acoustic They feel quantized. Instrument. Yeah. I don't know. And like McGurr's such a good player. And so nuanced that, like, I, I just don't know if you can catch that outside of, like, an acoustic drum. That's fair. Maybe. Maybe. I'm just, I'm just riffing, Dan. What do you got? Uh, next on my list might actually be, it's a very close neck and neck with favorite albums of the year. And this is a little bit of a dark horse. Um, the Callous Dowboys record. A lot of people have talked about this. Yeah, yeah. It's been showing up on a lot of, like, the best heavy music of the year, yeah. uh, which is cool because it's a fucking weird record. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the era of, like, Between the Buried and Me colors when, like, a progressive metal band put out, like, a blues record. <laughs> yeah. But... uh. Yeah, totally different experience than like listening to wi- the Wild Pink record for sure. But it's like a weird mix of like Faith No More parts with number twelve looks like you parts with mm-hmm. the John Bonet and like heavy, heavy, low, low, sasscore kind of things, but also with like mm-hmm. Dillinger playing. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's like it's so many things. Mathcore. Right? Yeah, it is. It is very mathcore. They apparently have a violin player that I didn't know. So I guess they're kind of like yellow card. Right, like a yellow card offshoot. I yeah, yeah, it. yeah. And um Yellow Card Tribute Band. Yeah, but they're they're doing like they have a lot of weird influences, and it's very much that thing of like we've talked about like the Spotify generation of like there's no direct influences anymore. It's like literally here's all of our influences in one song. Hmm. And I think that's because like I we've talked about too on like how I don't always like when bands sound like five different bands across an album. Sure. You know, but this is like five different bands across one song. But you do like that Crying and Stereo album. It's true. And uh, yeah, I feel like it kind of does that. And it has like really like f- the lyrics are pretty funny and kind of tongue in cheek and self-referential. Uh, the lyrics are crazy things like obey the homily, jerk off in your car. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Sure. Truly bizarre. But just like a fun record that i mean i like the previous one but not as much but like a fun record that keeps you on your toes and kind of keeps things like very like add 
interesting. Like I think it closes it closes a loop between a world that I do and a world that I do not understand. Okay, Um, I think that's fun though. You know? Yeah. No, and I think yeah, I you know it plays with new metal a little bit, um, and I think it also plays with like you know botch and coalesce and stuff like that too. So. Um, it's just like a less serious version, a less like a video yeah. just came out a couple weeks ago though, of them playing a show in like a bookstore and mm-hmm. they cover both an Amur song mm-hmm. and a Deftone song, which is very, it all checks out. It does. It kind of, that, that explains a lot of it. What do you got hmm. next? Um, why don't we do, yo, why don't we do the wonder years record? Sure. I I love that record, especially because um, it's a it's a it's a style of punk that I have like largely not been interested in. Okay, in a long time, um, and I've always loved the one. I've always liked the Wonder or- Years. Yeah. Okay. Because I, um, I wouldn't call them like pop punk anymore, really. Yeah. No, it's not. It's it's they're a rock band now. You know yeah. I mean? Like a. Um, I but that, I, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I love the upsides. I love suburbia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, and I think that their records kept getting, you know, more mature at a pace that I was. I think, I think they threaded the needle in such a way that the transitions make sense. Like they were yeah. able to age gracefully, sure. which is like something like almost no pop punk bands can right. say and like and they can make a career out of it without looking like jackasses because yeah. the early material was so good you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. not like it's not like newfound where yeah no, that was you actually have to be, be out there at 50 um singing my friends over you you know what i mean like yeah. there's something about those songs that even though you know even on early you know the upside stuff when soupy's talking about like leaving college and or going to college and stuff mm-hmm. um that stuff feels more like referring to a journal entry than like a teenager. Yeah. Does that think, make sense? Yeah. And for me, especially, I mean, that record was come like came out while I was going to college. So right. <laughs> like it truly aligns um, with like what was happening in my life. Uh, but so I, was, I definitely connected to the early stuff for sure. But yeah, each record has been consistently good in, yeah. in pretty much most ways. And I was like, I was very, I was super lucky um, that uh, Josh Martin, who plays bass in the Wonder Years, lived in Baltimore for like the entire year surrounding that record being mm-hmm. made. Um, you know, we got really close and he used to hang out and, and day drink uh, way too much. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, it was really, it was really great to hear the things that he was saying about that record, like sort of before I heard it. Um, and you know Joe Morrow uh, manages them, so there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot connections. of connections. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's such a it's such a great record. It's such a smart record. Um, I think that lead single, "Eldest Daughter," is still my favorite song on the record. Um, but yeah, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't sold on that immediately, but then it it definitely grew on me. This this almost made it onto my list. It was really hard to kind of tie this down to ten, you know. 10 choices so yeah. I, have a, I have a few like honorable mentions yeah but uh yeah this is a solid record and like i think it, it's something a lot of praise was put upon too that like they were able to transition into being 
a more mature pop punk band. Yeah. Like they're I mean, kind of paving it's... the way for like how to how to aim your career if you want to stay relevant and interesting and I also I also think that like I I I hate I know that's what I led with was like how mature this record is mm-hmm. but I also hate that like that's what every single journalist who talked about the record led with Yeah I think there's a lot of really great songs on here and I think it's a really fun record that like a lot of people who talked about it made it seem like way heavier. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, like way more depressing than it is. Oh, I, I don't know about depressing, but I mean, every article needs an angle, you know, and that's yeah. a pretty ang- easy angle to reach for. But I think it's a positive one. You I'll know? never. I don't remember which one it was, but uh, there was a there was like a, a headline that was um, the Wonder New Wonder Years album goes somewhere punk never does fatherhood or parenthood oh it was like jesus fuck there's a lot of punk, pop punk dads who like you know i mean most of them probably don't know who most of their kids are but like sorry right. <laughs> Subi's a great dad oh man now i'm trailing give me give me what you got i think i think i got one more in me only one yeah we're not i'm not going through this whole list what are you fucking crazy uh, i thought we were going through the whole list all right, let's go. Uh, we can we can make it quicker. We can we can tidy things up a little bit. Um, my next one's not actually an album, uh, but it's a song, and it's one that kind of uh, came out of nowhere a little bit. Uh, but super happy to have it here is uh, the botch single that came out one twenty two. Uh, I mean, I got really into botch this year. Sure. Just watching like those Dave Knudsen uh like play alongs he was doing yeah. on Instagram. And this was also a huge botch here. Like, let's be serious. Yeah. I mean, listening to just going back and like seeing him do the playthroughs and then like going back and revisiting the botch records is just fuck, they're so good. And then they, you know, out of nowhere teased a sing you know, teased some kind of reunion and then put out a single and then announced like some tours and some shows. Yeah. Crazy. But this song is I listened to it so many times. It's so good. Botch is like is like that that scene's American football. Kinda. I mean they're they're just so technically proficient and interesting. And we're kind of doing so much that like the general population of hardcore bands were not doing. Right. And just blowing everybody out of the water. You know? You know what's also crazy about botch is that I think all the bands that like resulted from botch i yeah. like i mean you can't you can it's almost like progressive hardcore like in the proficiency you know, it's right. not like progressive metal like prog metal but like prog hardcore <laughs> yeah i always had a, a a hard time describing you know bands like botch bands like mm-hmm. coalesce um I, like I mean, technically i guess it's mathcore if we want to it just sounds, it sounds so like they're, punk, you know, they're punk bands, but like, I don't know, mm-hmm. that could count better. <laughs> Couldn't be me. I no, I don't know. Uh, I, I remember a, a coalesce, like early coalesce website said like coalesce the quantum physics of hardcore. <laughs> That's awesome. Fucking that. dorks. All Love right. What do, what do you got next? Uh, Angel Olsen. Sure, you're, you're asking weird, me. Weird. I don't know why you're asking me. It's weird. I um, 
I've loved every Angel Olsen record. Um, I, I got really into the first one. And then, was it Burn Your Fire for No Witness? Was that the first yeah. one? And then, like, the singles off the second record were okay, and then th- the rest of the record threw me, and then I kind of checked out. Um, What year did that come out? Burn Your Fire? Burn Your Fire came out 2014. Yep. Um, What year did that first Mitski album come out? Oh, see, oh, I I meant to go back and revisit the new Mitski record, mm-hmm. and I totally didn't. Uh, two thousand fourteen. Is... Okay, so yeah, no. those records oh, yeah, yeah. existed simultaneously to me, and the reason I, the only reason I bring up Mitski is that, um, and not that there's any correlation between them at all, besides just like the timing of when I heard those records mm-hmm. together. Um, I think naturally my preference was the like Americana of it. Yeah, it was it was kind or of like a, the way that skewed. I I don't. It was kind know. of a new generation of singer songwriters that all came through right. around the same time. Because right. also similar like Waxahachie, um, Lucy Dacus, uh, right. Julian Baker, like a lot of Sorta. new new voices coming out. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that stylistically those are necessarily. Lucy like Dacus, Angel maybe. Olsen, yeah, Angel Olsen, uh, you know, to me is closer to Sharon Van Etten. Yeah, and like that. Yeah, that scene. makes sense. Um, you know, it's like country. That being th- this album's country. That being country. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's just the amount of like stuff that I know. Uh, Mike Brenner, um, who plays pedal steel and all the all the wild pink stuff and 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 a lot of stuff. You know the wearing a songs Ohio shirt, but uh <laughs> the Magnolia Electric Company stuff and I don't know if it's just that, but like I feel like pedal steel players are getting a lot of getting a lot, a work lot of these gigs. Days, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that like a certain era of indie rock sort of caught up to that. Is it my turn? Sure. Uh the new chat pile record, God's Country, was fucking again another band that kind of came out of nowhere, or at least on in, on my periphery. Uh-huh. And it just kind of like blew me away. Uh, just a wild, heavy hitting record. Um, super sludgy, super gritty. I think the name Chat Pile actually means like pile of like coal, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it's just like, yeah, it's just like a gloomy, sludgy record. And the lyrics are crazy on it. They're, you know, sort of tongue in cheek while also being like, kind of serious and a little bit politically driven uh the song i put on here is slaughterhouse which is just like describing a what the goings on of a slaughterhouse kind of mm-hmm. um and then you know the song that really resonated with a lot of people was why which i think is like on the first half of the record and it's just like asking why people have to sleep outside when there's so many like empty buildings around and like how like just treating like humans like they aren't humans and Mm-hmm. it's really really succinct and just like crazy commentary on on kind of the world around uh while being like one of the heaviest records of the year and i think it was uh like a really i don't know if it's her debut but it's like really fucking hit hard hmm. so oh they did a split with portrayal of guilt I didn't realize that um yeah definitely worth checking out 
one of the one of the better heavy records of the year. Man, I feel like you and I don't listen to the same music. I think at it's all. very clear that we don't. Um, so that Planes record that came out this year, yeah, who is that? Uh, uh, I know it's like a super is, group kind of. Yeah, it's um, Waxahachie and uh, uh, I'm blanking right now. Um, but that's like a, a very like not roots country, but sort of roots Americana. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels super genuine. I think that it would be real easy to like do a, like a character, like a Zoe Deschanel version of this okay. where it sounds and- like an actor doing it. You know what I mean? Like, um, make it I, twee. in the same way, huh? Make it twee. Yeah, make it like goofy and not like plastic cowboy hat hat and not Stetson. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um I don't know. I think everything about this record rips. Um it's it, it sounds incredible. Um you know, it sounds like it's coming out of a jukebox again without being like goofy. I don't know. I I just I feel like a lot of this style of like very stylized country inspired music. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a lot to pull from and there's like a real bubblegum version that I think is like real easy to, that people do. And I think on this record they don't. Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, that was, I listened to this a, a, a lot. Nice. Yeah. I, I listened to it on here too. And that was kind of the only, the, I, I need to like dig deeper into it, you know? Sure. Um, I, in fact, the last time I mentioned them, what record were we talking about that I mentioned them? Oh, on the, on the bright eyes, mm-hmm. uh, the bright eyes episode. Um, I had a couple people tell me that they listened to this record in relation to that and loved it. Nice. So, Shout out. so I would say if you're, if you're into, uh, late era bright eyes, maybe planes is for you. Hell yeah. Uh, next one I have on here is soccer mommy sometimes forever. Uh, and this is that weird transition of like a bedroom pop artist having like a real budget and a real mm-hmm. studio and producer, kind of similar to the Girl in Red record I really liked. I, I don't care for bedroom pop, but I'm always interested of when the bedroom pop leaves the bedroom and enters the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that seems to be the records I like. Uh, similar to like the first Claro record was also really good. Uh, and this is similar where it's just like, it's a good record to just put on and kind of like have in the background and just kind of like let it steer your day a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was produced by one of tricks point never who, you know, if you like his kind of synth ambient stuff, you know, that plays a major part in this record. That's uh, how you pronounce that. One of tricks point never. Yeah. And uh, so, huh. yeah, it's kind of like, I feel like I know a guy who worked for him who didn't pronounce it like that. I mean, who knows? I've only ever seen it written. So. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know how else you would pronounce no, it, no, though. No, I don't. It totally makes sense. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying. But, yeah. And, and uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's always interesting when a pop artist works with kind of a more obscure... I mean, I guess One Tricks Point never really isn't obscure in his realm. Right. I think he's, like, literally done stuff for, like, Kanye and stuff. But... Yeah. Uh... He's like that generation's Trent Reznor. A little bit, which I I was actually going to kind of compare it a little bit to 
the whole well, I think the they toured record. together. I think they toured together, which is why I okay. make them. Yeah, well, that's like uh, when Halsey last year did that record with um, did that record with Trent Reznor, and it's just mm-hmm. like weird to be uh, you know a pop artist. But I love it when people make decisions to do stuff like that because it gets yeah. That record, that Halsey record, had like a production level on it that can only be described as like downloading the song at ninety two kbps on like mm-hmm. LimeWire sound. It was very odd, but like mm-hmm. in such a nostalgic way that would be unattainable in in any other way very bizarre but yeah soccer bomby record uh especially the song new demo which is the one i put on the list on the playlist uh really fucking good really really good all right what do you got next how about mama oh i this almost made my list too this was uh definitely a honorable mention for me so i was glad you put it on yeah um I was lucky enough to uh, have a friend of the pod, Polyvinyl uh, employee Rob Wilcox, come to Baltimore. And to see him, I went over to the show. They were playing like an outdoor thing for a local radio station. And and the way he described it to me was exactly what it was. But for some reason, the way he was telling me, I didn't want to like it. Okay. Um, he was like, Oh, you know, it's, it's like, um, it's super, you know, nineties sounding throwback. Um, it, you know, it was like sort of like post grunge. You're going to love it. And I was like, I don't want to love it. Like, (laughs) because you told me, I know I don't want to love it. Yeah. And it was unbelievable. Like it's, it's a little, it was a little jarring at first to see people like that young playing music that was like that referential Mm -hmm. to music that I was listening to probably when I was, I hate to like when I was their age, but you know, you just don't, when you get over, you know, I'm fucking 41 years old. You know what I mean? Like, if I see 21 year olds playing music that was like relevant before they were alive, it's yeah. sort of like, you know, I go off on that tangent only to say that like, this is the very, feels very genuine. Like the way these songs are crafted feel, um, more of like, I don't know. It's great songwriting with like a production nod to a very great era of music. Yeah. If that makes sense. I know we tried to get them on the pod early. I think we could try harder, but I, I love that know. they like, bl- they got so big so quick that they were on yeah. like how long gone. And it's a great, it's a great episode. They're, they're super fun and, and charming and whatnot, but it was just like, they got so big so fast. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice to know that still happens, yeah. I guess. Oh, absolutely. Uh, t- t- next on my list is uh the vein vein FM, formerly known as right. vein. Uh, this world's going to ruin you. Uh, not too much to say about this. Otherwise, it's like another really good heavy record. Uh, it's kind of the heavy that scrapes a little bit alongside new metal, but without being corny with a K. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, and yeah. uh, like really kind of cool and inventive i love when people do like beat down hardcore but make it interesting and it's hmm. it's cool to see that there is still ways to make that kind of stuff interesting while still being like really heavy really inventive a lot of like interesting sounds and effects and stuff were used on it and uh 
I really, really love their first uh, their first record, Error Zone. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this, it's... I don't listen to it quite as much as I did that first record, but I think it's a pretty good second record. Uh, that's about the best I can sell it as, but worth checking I'm out. In. Yeah. Um, did you listen to this Big Thief record? I've never listened to Big Thief in my life. And when I listened um, to it on this playlist, I said, oh, this is what Big Thief sounds like. And uh, not, not bad. There's, um, there was a song on the record before this that got played an awful lot on like alternative radio. Okay. Like I, you know, I, I, I had an office job where like they would listen to the radio and the radio station they would listen to was this like alternative radio, which I think made two people happy, <laughs> but it was like the most outspoken people and everybody else just sort of dealt with it. Nice. Um, and I guess like commercials are equally hateable anyway um but there was a song that would play all the time so when the, and i and i never explored that album at all interesting um and when um dragon new warm mountain yeah blah, the name blah, 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 came terrible. out um i was like and pitchfork gave it like a fucking nine i was like okay let's check it out and it's it's Really good. I mean, it's a, like what fourth record, fifth record. Yeah, I know the one that came out previous to this like made everyone's like number one. Right. Uh, do all the songs on the record sound similar to this with the kind of like vocal no, styles I mean, and all, electronic? They all have different vibes to them. Okay. I mean, you know, there's some of that that goes throughout, but like, you know, there's like there's some some country on there, I guess, and you know. The lyrics are fucking good. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Oh, look into it. Okay. <laughs> Do everyone a favor. Uh, yeah. Next on mine is uh, Drug Church's Hygiene, uh, another hmm. album that a uh, friend of the pod, former guest Mitchell, took the cover photo of. Um, I feel like they're just a band that's super, super consistent. Uh, they became they like ended up being my number one band of the year on my Spotify wrapped uh, mainly because I just did a couple full discography dives uh, just because it's good getting shit done music. It's just like good, consistent punk music. I think it's the best way to put it. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, every al- album solid. This one definitely isn't uh, you know, any different. It's just good front to back. Uh, the, the, the song I chose funds over for the, uh, the playlist, I think is a good, I get a little tired of the uh, the hook on the single, mm-hmm. but I think the record as a whole is a good a good effort. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, I I you know, Drug Church is. Um, I really only know that one record and like, and the song Weed Pin. Weed Weed Pin's a solid one. <laughs> um. Yeah, I did. I did not listen to this record this year, but I will. Yeah, it's worth it's worth checking out. Maybe when you got some shit to do. Um, did you listen to the Beths? Never heard of them in my life. It was a it was an album that when it came out, everybody like everybody posted about it. Interesting. Um, so I I got excited. Um, it's a great record. Um, 
I feel like bands, non-American indie rock bands, never sort of... It It has to be a very fucking good record mm-hmm. to for anybody to notice here, just because there's so much music. Um, and, like, this record's incredible. Um, there's a... I'm drowning trying to figure out something to say about everyone. I mean, like I listened to this record 10 times. I thought it was very good. You know, that's fair. Um, I had an instant connection with it. It sort of reminded me a little bit of um, what's that other slow dive band? Um, Bible D Valentine. No, the band that had um, the two people from slow dive. Oh, Oh my god, I recommend this record to people all the time. I'm such a fucking poser. <laughs> um Yeah, I have no idea. Ma- Mazzy Star. No. Low? No. I lost it. Damn. Um I keep wanting to say Spaceman three, but I know it's not that. Spaceman five? No. <laughs> Something trio? Alkaline trio? Alkaline trio? No. <laughs> now I'm lost. Oh my god. I'm, the, I'm, I have the worst memory. And like when I'm trying to make a point, I just sound like a fucking dickhead. Oh, anyway, um, I would say this record is vibes, vibes, vibes. Um, you know, if you like really lush instrumentation, um, not all that dissimilar uh, from Bell and Sebastian, I suppose. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Definitely not as like twee, but. Um, definitely inspired by, yeah, I think I should have just said that the whole time. I, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's good. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have to say this, uh, this was the year of vibes. I feel sure. Well, you know what it is? I feel like a lot of people spent so much time in solitude that they were, it was very, I don't want to say easy, but it was like, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're stuck, you know, just creating in a you know, however you're going to do it during that period of time. Um, not in a room full of people generally. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I think it's, it's pretty easy to like start thinking of things in like a concept way instead of a, like, here's the songs way. Yeah. I'm trying to think there was a, uh, what band was it? Yes. Okay. Uh, Similar to like people being stuck inside making a lot of this stuff. Uh, there's an album by Men I Trust mm. uh, called The Untourable Album. And it's literally just like because they just made it with so much shit that it, there's like no way to properly tour on it, you know? Right. Which I think is a cool concept that people were, you know, they just had all the time in the world to fuck around, you know? Just do things that they wouldn't normally do uh, without any like outward expectation, which is, which is rad. Sure. Uh, I buy that. Yeah. Uh, next one on my side, which definitely falls into the experimental category, uh, because it doesn't sound like anything else out there, is uh, Soul Glow, and their their full length Diaspora Problems. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh my god, it's so fucking wild. It's it's an exhausting listen because it's so yeah. dense, and it's crazy to think that like a four piece band can be that dense, but. Fuck. Uh, it's solid album. Uh, there's so many lyrics. I think I've said it before, but I read somewhere that there's like 5,500 words in the, the lyrics of this record. That's wild. And how many? Is, how long is this record? The record's not even 40 minutes. 
<laughs> so like it's so long uh in terms of like the lyrics i can't imagine ever i remembering them this this record is is a challenging record oh yeah if i can um and i think it's what separates i think there's there could be so much i think that uh, that soul Cloak could be the fucking biggest band in the world like biggest heavy band in the world um and like i think i think it requires there's a barrier of entry know. for sure yeah i guess that's what i'm trying to say and and like for like in, a lot in, of reasons in a way that in the way that it doesn't and I, i'm only and i only mention them at the same time because they're both like big modern hardcore bands yeah. but like um turnstile is is not challenging in the way that soul glow is oh yeah absolutely like and you know i don't know yeah uh yeah the soul glow like it's challenging for like musical delivery vocal delivery and then on top of that like mm -hmm. subject matter is you know very it's like tongue-in-cheek while also being like very uh critical of society and and you know all that stuff for for good reason you know and i, I mm -hmm. like the way they kind of mix those things of being like kind of ironic kind of nihilistic and like very poignant mm -hmm. while also beating it into your head you know right uh it's but yeah like there, there's no band that sounds like soul glow out there and i no i wasn't super also, on board with their early lps i feel like they were almost kind of like mixtapes in a way and then they did put out the two like three song or four song mixtapes before that and i really connected with them in a way that like uh you know just really fast and fun and then mixed with like hip-hop songs you know mm -hmm. and uh then they put this out and i feel like it just kind of combines everything and uh yeah it, and their music videos are really funny too so mm. definitely i've only ever seen the one yeah they're they're really where they're good. all like where they're all like giving it to the drummer <laughs> yeah that is a good one uh, um similar to soul glow mm -hmm. carly ray jepson oh uh, yeah new record the loneliest time i there was no other way to do this um <laughs> look you know i i I thought this record was going to be sad. I was gearing up for like a sad, like I was gearing up for Carly Rae Jepsen's uh, folklore record. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought this was it. It was not it. It still sounds like, um, still sounds like skating rink music, uh, which I'm into. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, it's so it's so pop that it's like un it feels like a farce of pop music. Yeah, I kind of like that though. Like it feels I, I know I haven't it feels listened like, to the record. Uh, it's so it's so bubblegum that it feels like like art. I, yeah, I love that, and I think that's I think it's smart that she's leaned into that. Right, you know, uh, she like found her niche and then just kind of like went further into that direction and do you remember do you remember like robin's comeback oh yeah like body or like, talk or like Nicki minaj uh no i think holy shit uh kylie minogue kylie Minogue's yeah hell yeah <laughs> and not and the and i know they was it's different times it's different songwriters um but there's something that feels like a like I'm, I'm a, I'm a more mature songwriter, but also this is the kind of song that I write. Oh yeah, 
yeah. uh, feeling to it. I mean, that's and great. I think it's, there's not, you know, there's not many people doing that right now. So no, and thankfully. she's doing it the best at the moment. So that's good on her. It's something that I think there's something to be said for everything. Every album on this list. Like I can't think of another band or another artist doing it as well as they are. Yeah. No, no, that, that's, that definitely kind of, uh, is what secured a lot of stuff in the, my list too. Like it's all falling within the realm of like alternative music for the most part, but right. it's very different. It's, you know, like there's multiple hardcore bands on here, but they all sound very different from each oh, other. Very different. You know, yeah, yeah. holy shit. Did that Turnstile record come out this year? No, that was last year. Oh, okay. Um, okay, good. And yeah, last one on my list here is uh, the Ethel Kane record, uh, oh, Preacher's yeah. Daughter. Yeah. Uh, this is somewhat... So funny enough, I took her photo at Fashion Week not knowing who she was. Uh, and then I later found out it was Ethel Kane. And I, I listened to this record a lot when I was on the cruise. So I got. I feel like that was a good place to listen to it in the sense that I was... You know, again, very vibey record, and like laying out on a on a like a uh, lounge chair, looking at the moon at ten mm. o'clock at night on the front of a cruise ship. Mm. It's a good place to mm-hmm. to absorb the vibes. Uh, yeah, but it kind of sounds like uh, I mean, this is very <sighs> dimini- uh you know diminishing, but uh, kind of like a white trash Lana Del Rey. A little bit, hmm. uh, but so much fun. The song "American Teenager" is really fucking good. Uh, it's like hauntingly beautiful, hmm. while also being, you know, it's just like Ameri- Again, it's also like Americana, but like the kind hmm. of Americana a lot of people don't champion. You know, right? Uh, like, the, like the David Allen Co kind. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Which is cool. It's cool to see like pop music of that side of things, and it's it's not. Right corny shit it's it's is this a racist record good. i don't think so <laughs> hmm. uh, i guess i guess time will tell yeah well um, so um i so we can end it right here with uh my friend and yours evan t weiss yeah there 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 i guess evan is like you know i was like trying to do the math like he's a third of this band. <laughs> yeah um I mean, who's that? Matt Frank plays guitar in this band. Yeah, I think um, right. And and it's un unfucking real what he does with the guitar. Yeah, like, yeah. It's it's fucking. It's honestly ignorant. If I if I can be honest, um, a lot of people listen to like people play like that and get inspired. I listen to it and it makes me never want to fucking pick up an instrument <laughs> ever fucking again. That's really funny. Um, you know, uh. Uh, the songs are way different than the first two records, I think. Um, yeah, uh, well, every record's been fairly different. It's very interesting. Uh, but yeah, it, this this was my. Is this the first record without Mike? I think so. Yeah, he was mm. doing drums on the first two records, right? Yeah, which was cool to have him back on drums. You know, sure. Uh, but yeah, this was kind of an honorable mention for mine too. Um, yeah, just good fucking mathy Midwestern emo stuff, you know? Yeah, it's, um, I, uh, I don't, I don't reach for, for noodly things very often. Oh. I don't reach for, uh, for sparkle daddies. What do we uh, call them? Oh, okay. I was, um, I was say, as an Italian, Italian gentleman, I reach for noodly things all the time. Yeah. 
um, but I, you know, I, th- these records are so good. Um, I feel like I sit there the entire time, just like with my mouth open, mm-hmm. like what's going to happen next. Um, in the, in the way that like, you know, it can be, it's a challenging listen, you know? Yeah. Um, it's the, the loudest band I've ever seen in my life. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's sick. I dig that. Hated by sound men everywhere. Sound people <laughs> everywhere. I was watching, uh, someone did a video that was a, just like a quick video on, tw- on Twitter from some band and it's literally the sound guy asking the guitarist if he's going to turn down and the guy just goes, no, <laughs> he goes, really? And he goes, yeah, no. <laughs> Very funny. You know, More of that as energy. Somebody, as somebody who's done both sides, I get both sides. Yeah. Um, I have never, I've never turned down my amp for a sound guy. Yeah. Um, but I also don't play, I, you know, I don't play that loud. True. Um, but, and I'm sure out there, there's some audio professional, like, you know, you can get the volume or you can get a lower volume and still have your amp break up. But I don't think that's true. <laughs> so funny. I think like a lot of people just like don't care about like need that as part of like their stage sound. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to my I don't want to hear my guitar in front of me. That's disorienting. I want to hear my guitar behind me. Yeah. That makes sense. I I feel I I don't know. I've always been a fan of loud guitars. Same. Loud instruments in 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 general. Yeah. All right. When I saw nothing the-, the first time, open for Deaf Heaven yeah. actually, it was very fucking loud. Oh, I don't think I want that in the same night. <laughs> what? Nothing in Deaf Heaven? Yeah. I, I feel like it makes sense that they played together though. Yeah. This was this was Yeah, I mean this was I'm pre- the crossover. I get it. This was pre LP nothing. They had they only had the uh the first EP out. It was heavy oh, shit back interesting. then. It was good. All right, maybe I'm in then. Yeah. And this is also Deaf Heaven think- when Sunbather came out. Uh-huh. And then they got exponentially big i saw them at the barbary and then i saw them again a year later playing like a semi unannounced sideshow because they were playing a governor's ball and they Hmm. played like a random off night on the way to new york in philly Mm -hmm. so like they were as big as they were a year after uh you know sunbather came out and they played the barbary again and it was bananas insane bananas night I was I stood in the like DJ booth the whole time. It was yeah, crazy. As you do. As I do. Um, as a DJ. I have a question for you sure. as we're as we're playing ourselves out. <laughs> I think we, we still have a few things to talk about. <laughs> what? What do we have to talk I, I about? Wanted to, I was gonna ask if you had any uh any honorable mentions, because I had I had a few. I I struggled to find ten. Really? There's so much music yeah. that came out this year. I didn't listen to most of it. Uh, I think the Anxious record came out this year. Early, early this year. That was really good. Uh, I have Disco 4 Part 2 by Health. Really fun collaboration record that was really good. Uh, The reissue of Converge's The Poacher Diaries, when they redid all those early songs. Reissues don't count. Okay. Uh, Friend of the Pod, former guest, uh, Mount Oriander. Oh yeah, and that and that uh, gatherers record is very. Oh, good. Oh yeah, that gatherers record is fucking good. Uh, that's all my, <laughs> all my. That actually should have made my fucking list. Yeah, I think get the get Carter Ray Jepsen out of here. You know, 
Yeah, probably. I, you know what? I did listen to that record a lot after we talked. Yeah, and like, it's, it's really fucking good. Or shout out, not or when it came out. Yeah, um, I listen, and I, yeah, I was blown away by how good that band is. Yeah, Keith and Matt Oriander. Um, that record's great. Yeah, uh, Rich and the Gatherers record. Mm-hmm. fucking awesome definitely worth checking out uh pe- both those records actually that rant about how much i listen to it and how much i love it goes for both those records <laughs> yeah. uh, i guess it's because keith sent us that record before we had it I yeah we assumed, had it on our hands for a long time um man the benefits of having a popular music podcast we're, we're journalists yeah. now <laughs> uh the piano to come the teeth record drift came oh, out this fuck, year that came out this year <laughs> see that's why the honorable mentions are important um oh, i feel like i just didn't listen to it enough to have it make my top 10 you know what i really grew to love that record yeah i need to um, listen to it more but the first that first song is really hard to get through mm. i think it was a very hard it's a challenging record i made my i made myself get through it the first time and i think i skipped it 70 percent of the time since yeah um but i think that's a really beautiful record um but I think it's just really hard in my mind to top. Uh, keep you, yeah. yeah keep you a perfect record. On fucking real. Um, and the other one I have on here is I say I I'm not an Alex G fan. I know mm. he kind of existed a lot in the worlds that we existed in. Uh, I think friend of the pod Greg Horble was his like manager at some point or something. I, I know he booked him mm-hmm. for years. Not a big, be- again, like bedroom pop lo-fi kind of guy, but the new Alex G record is shockingly good. I know it's making a lot of people's lists, uh, but that song Runner is really, really fucking good. One of the best mm-hmm. songs of the year for sure. Uh, but yeah, again, didn't listen to the rest of the record to make it on my top. Um, one last thing, and I don't want to go through the whole list because it's actually fucking stupid. But uh, Barack Obama, friend of the pod, uh, recently <laughs> released his favorite songs of the year. And funny enough, he has uh, a song by Planes on it and a song by Ethel Kane on it, which is hilarious. Someone, someone posted on Twitter that uh, the, <laughs> the biggest lie Obama has ever told <laughs> is that he listens to Ethel Kane. <laughs> and I thought that was so fucking funny. I can't imagine. No, this this list is absolutely made by like an intern. Like it's got Bad Bunny, it's got Kendrick Lamar, it's got Ari Lennox, it's got Burna Boy, Tank and it's the Bangers, Ariel Pink, yeah. it's got <laughs> yeah, it's got John Mouse, uh, <laughs> it's got yeah Rosalia, uh, Maggie Rogers is on here, mm-hmm. Rema, Lizzo, SZA, the Sudan Archives. Omar Apollo, Xavier Omar, Adam Blackstone, and Jasmine Sullivan. I don't know any of these bands. Yeah, I don't know most of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sounds like it sucks ass. Uh, hmm. But yeah, apparently he loves Ethel Kane and he loves Planes. So I, I will not listen to the mixtape, but I, I do like those songs. Um, I guess here's what I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. Here's, my, here's my last topic of the evening. Go for it. Records you're looking forward to next year. Oh, God. I don't even know what's coming out. Um, I know there was just a, a Stereo Gum article that was posting about that. But, like, all those, like, they're all, like, perspective. Like, they're all, uh, 
I don't know what's the word. They're not like guaranteed that there's something coming out. It's just like, oh, bands haven't put a record out in a bit. We should expect mm -hmm. them. Well, um, I I saw that uh, Restorations is is tracking right now. Interesting. So that should be out next year. I I love that band. Okay, I'm excited to hear what they do next. Um, I think as far as Restorations go, I'm an LP two guy. Okay, yeah, I think maybe LP three. LP three's got some good stuff. Mm. What's what's the one with song to blow up the sun? That's uh, LP two. Okay, that is a good song. Um, um, yeah, I like L I I think. Yeah, I think both those records are I'm, incredible. I'm curious for to check reasons. out the new 100 Gex record. Ugh. I think it's been a long time. They apparently they just put out an EP, and I haven't listened to it yet. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the Stereo Gum article now of uh, 101 most anticipated, anticipated albums. Yeah, there's a I the one I'm most looking forward to as an old ass white man is um, there's got to be a new national record next year. Oh, maybe. So uh, Code Orange is on here. I feel like the last hmm. Code Orange record, they fully pivoted into making wrestling intro music, which is actually music they are making because they've played like multiple times for WWE, which hmm. is hilarious. Uh, I mean, there's probably so much money in that. Oh, I'm sure they're killing it. I mean, good for them. I got no problem with that. Uh, Barty Strange is supposed to have a new record coming out. Wow, I feel like that record just came out. I think it did, and I haven't had a chance to listen to it, hence why oh, it's, it's not so on the list. Good. It didn't if make that, your list, though. Was that this year? I think so. For some reason, I thought it was last year. It, been, it flew under it, my radar, too. Uh, yeah, Farm to Table came out this year. Hmm, but that, so that record before that was un, unreal. Yeah. Uh, what else? I don't. I list? don't understand how people write music like I know. that. Portrayal of guilt. Apparently, supposed to have something new. I always check out whatever mm -hmm. they got going on. Um. Yeah. There's a new Lana Del Rey coming out just for you. Uh, One day. I'll oh, get it. new Jesus piece is supposed to come out, and I'm so stoked for that. Yeah. Oh, na the Nationals on this list too. Of uh, oh, good. Number fifteen. Oh, finally some, finally some taste. Future friends of the pod. Wink, wink. Charlie Bliss, number eleven on most anticipated albums of twenty twenty three. Wow. Yeah, that's exciting. Oh yeah. Peter Gabriel's on, up here on the list. Also friend of the pod. I, I did like that one Charity Bliss record. Charlie Bliss. Charity Bliss. Charity Bliss is that a different thing? Yes. <laughs> I love that one I think, record. I think. We'll have to talk about it next. That whenever that episode comes about, but uh, yeah, yeah, your mix up. Uh, my buddy Valentine allegedly is supposed to have a new record coming out, and number one on I this don't. list is Boy Genius, which I guess yeah, they're like four years overdue on a new record, which is funny. I, it's a weird move to do another one. Yeah, I mean they only it's it's crazy that they only did like six songs and then pieced out, but. It also makes sense. Sure. There's... I think I listened to that record once. It's good. It's, it was fine. I haven't revisited it in a while. I think that all of those artists made way more compelling solo material. No, that makes sense. But it is um, fun. And I, I think I like the idea that they, they all went on tour together and then also yeah. played stuff from the record they all made together. Like, that's a cool... Yeah. And like, that's why it kind of makes sense that it's a one-off, you know? Yeah. That's a great move. Yeah. Um, I just, as far as 
Phoebe Bridgers side projects. Like I think, I think better, better oblivion. Yeah. Uh, in, I think that record's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. What do you think? Kissy bitch. The good, but the shoes were a mistake, hmm. uh, but they're Y threes. So make your own decision. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently newfound glory supposed to have a new record coming out. It's just what I need. I know. I know. Um, going, this list is exhausting. <sighs> well then i guess this is a good time as any huh you know what i think you're right uh dan it was great uh i for some reason i thought we had started this in uh in january and it turns out we started it in march yeah we've just been very efficient with putting out episodes uh so, but yeah no i gotta say since we're we're closing out the year thanks to everyone who has been here the whole time thanks to everyone if this is your first episode weird way to start but we're happy to have you here. It's a ton of fun making this podcast. It's uh it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. And uh yeah, we appreciate everyone who stops us in the coffee shop to say they're a listener. Always love to meet a fan. Uh, I remember that happening <laughs> differently. <so> funny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but yeah, no, it's been it's been a lot of fun. We got some really cool shit on the horizon. Uh some new ideas, some cool guests in the pipeline at the moment. And uh, yeah, just fucking excited. This pretty much takes over all of my listening during the week of, of music. So it's it's fun. We get to talk about stuff that we've been listening to outside of, of stuff that guests bring us. And uh, yeah, we we love you guys. Uh, keep those compliments flowing. We That's how it gets us through the day. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Dan Bassini on Twitter and Instagram. DanBassini.com on uh com online on the on the world wide web <laughs> on the world wide web yep. <laughs> check it out on the world wide web uh my latest book no invite volume nine is out and uh and shipping there's still a few copies left that come with a free limited edition signed four by six print and uh, also all the previous uh versions are also available so in limited numbers that are dwindling quickly so if you have any missing copies in your collection don't sleep on that Andrew, you got any plugs? I no. Uh, you can follow me at. Wait, did you already say run into the ground? No. Okay. Uh, run into the ground on Instagram. Run in the number to the ground on uh, Twitter. At Twitter, we get a lot of action on on uh young chomsky the most recent episode yeah shout out young chomsky fun fucking really good great episode great guest so happy to have him on uh i'm glad people are are realizing how good it was too Hmm. a lot of good reactions so yeah follow us there a lot of a lot of content we're only going up from Um, here yeah all right dan it was nice seeing you i got one more thing i think it's important uh oh um there's a gofundme going on Uh, I, I cannot believe that I almost, uh, forgot to mention there's a GoFundMe coming on. There'll be a link to it, um, in the description of this. I believe we've already posted it from the, um, from our socials. Um, but, uh, Joe Morrow's sister, uh, is, is in need right now and her family's in need. Um, I won't go into the details, uh, but please click on the, uh, the link for the GoFundMe, um, and consider, um, helping out if you can. Yeah, definitely helping with overwhelming medical debt. 
I'm sure we've all been there at some point and also fear about being in that position not too. Not like this. You so, know what I mean? Not. Yeah. So. so truly, truly stop, you know, anything you can give, anything helps. Uh, yeah. Help out a good friend to us, good friend of the pod, good friend to you and me and, and the world at large. Uh, so yeah, if you can do anything, click the link in the description and, uh, and give what you can. We'd all appreciate it. And uh, yeah, do, do some good fucking deeds. Okay. It's that time of year. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, everything else, we'll catch you in the new year. Yeah, See you next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, bye.